0: Hey, welcome to the 360th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing.
1: This episode was brought to you by patrons Victor Prado and Kimberly DiVincenzo. I'm Matt Admo. And I'm Warren Kaplan. And right now we're going to go straight into the second half of our episode about soup to nuts, how we get a job, do the job, and finish the job, and release the job. If you are interested in shooting commercials with celebrities,
0: I suggest starting at the beginning.
1: Yeah, one episode ago.
0: One episode ago, 359. Um, And if you're already listening, hey, thanks. We've got uh, more great information for you. So let's hop into episode 360, part two of our working with celebrities in commercials. Well, to that point about wall-to-wall dialogue and just working with um, the celebrities in general, two things kind of came to mind. One, I worked really, really hard with the agency and they really got it of keeping our scripts lean because we knew that our celebrity was going to make it their own that they were going to add in funny looks and asides
1: and punchlines. Well, I actually want to like dig into this just for a couple minutes because mm-hmm. one of my pet peeves with a lot of these people that write stuff for like I have another kind of celebrity thing that's shooting in March and the whole time it's like Oh, he's going he's gonna to make it his own. He's going to put it in his mm-hmm. words. We're going to write here, mm-hmm. this is our idea, but we'll have him say it in his words. And a lot of these celebrities, Rebel is an, an exception. She was very mm-hmm. uh, involved, wanted to know exactly the script, wanted to approve everything, wanted to come into mm-hmm. the shoot knowing what she's doing and why. Some celebrities, I'm sure you've heard of them too, like mm-hmm. show up and they're like, okay, what are we doing? And you're like, say this, say this. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're yeah. like, okay, thanks, I'm out. Um, it's a job, it's a paycheck, and they don't really... You know, they don't want sure. to look bad but and they want to do a good job, but um, they don't want to have to write the script for you. you sure. Know? Rewrite it for you. And yeah, so definitely to me, that's the thing with celebrities, especially, but any any comedy people is we tell the agency like, yeah, we're going to work with them to make sure it's in mm-hmm. their voice. But in the meantime, you and I are coming up with lists of things to like give them. Right? Yeah. If you don't like this, how about this or how about this? And yeah. or how would yeah. you say this? I was thinking maybe mm-hmm. like this. And you you give them yeah. an They're, out th- to not have to write it themselves.
0: There's a huge difference between how would you say this versus like make it your own, right? Mm-hmm. We have a joke there. Right. That if they if they just read verbatim the copy, mm-hmm. we'll be fine. We'll be great. But how would you say this, I think, is the key phrase of like just kind of moving clauses around or swapping a word or two is what I'm talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was reminded on set, like saying faster is like the worst thing you can say to an actor. Do you know what I mean? And like, we were constantly, even with this kind of lean, easy breezy script, there's still stuff that like a comedic actor wants to like add a beat there or like take a look or like, you know, toss a look to the camera, all of those kind of comedic moments. Um, and, the amount of coverage that we sh- were shooting was pretty small because we only had a couple hours basically with this person each day. And so you kind of short-circuit all of your backup plans for how to cut around a performance that maybe has a little bit too much air for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And so that that was really the name of the game on this one. Balancing ways in which they could quote-unquote make it their own with the time without constraints adding and the, without adding to it and, w- and with the performance being accurate to their persona,
1: basically. Yeah. I mean I try to, yeah, front load that like, hey, we need this to be short, so we can't make it any longer. Is there a funny way that you would do this Mm -hmm. or do this? It's weird. But when you have a celebrity, the other thing that you can really do is you can say, hey, Rebel wants to do it this way. Tim wants to do it this Uh way. Sure. Yeah. They and um with our nunchuck scene, we knew that Rebel had is pretty good at nunchucks. She actually used to teach karate or something or some martial art. Um and so we had this idea that she like picks up some nunchucks and does some really amazing moves with them. But on set it was just taking a really long time. And I was like, can we do one take where like you're not actually good at nunchucks? Like you pick them up and mm-hmm. you just like knock something off the table then hit the camera person. She's like, okay. And that, that ended up being the take we used because it was just 10 times shorter. So much faster. Yeah. But she had an idea too that like we had this giant uh, box of money, like a suitcase filled with money 'Cause you know, it's an action film and it says props don't touch. And she's like, What if I just like walk down and just touch every single thing? Like, make sure this props <laughs> don't touch. Um, I was like, Yeah, or maybe you take like you take Sorry. like a stack of twenties out or something. Um yeah, yeah. and we so we did do that. That was like her idea, and we did shoot it, and it was funny, but you know, it kind of like broke a little bit the premise of that everything she's doing is unintentionally rebellious. Mm-hmm. So we ended up not using it. But uh but yeah, I think it's like that. That stuff. And when, again, when you have a celebrity, when you have just a non-celebrity actor, they, the client or agency will get upset that you're wasting time trying the actor's ideas. But when you have a celebrity, mm-hmm. you can be like, like, no, that's what you're paying for. They yes. want, yeah. yeah. They think this is what the, is more accurate to them. So, yeah. Um, so it's fun. I was going to say one other th-
0: important thing. Um, maybe the most essential thing is just establishing trust
1: uh, with the celebrity early oh, yes. on. Um, What's your move? I will get I get their name tattooed on my elbow. Yeah,
0: I go in and I talk to them at the top of the day when they're comfortable, like, you know, not whether necessarily getting vanities done or whatever. But like, you know, around that time, I will talk to them about the nature of commercials and how there are uh, many stakeholders, all who need different things. And sometimes there are going to be some directions that I'm going to give you that are going to sound stupid to you and i and i know that and we're gonna work on it together and you know every once in a while i'm gonna be like hey can you smile when you say the product's name and we'll we'll get it in a way that you feel really good about and we'll get it in the way that the client feels really good about but like i'm telling you to do these things not because i think they're a good idea necessarily but um but because i was asked to essentially is what i'm saying And I do that because one of my first celebrity jobs, we shot for two days and it wasn't until lunch on the second day that he realized that I would go over to the village and then come back with a note that didn't make any sense. can you tell us who it was? It was Ken Marino. Oh, Ken Ken Marino. And I remember him covering up his mic (laughs) and being like, he literally said, are they making you say this to me? And I nearly started crying. I was like, "Yeah, I love Ken Marino." I, yeah, like, no, he's I was hilarious. so he's so awesome. excited. Um, and I was like, "Yes!" And he was like, "Oh, I get it. I just thought you were dumb." And and that's not to say I'm not gonna have to try to make some things that feel nonsensical, feel kind of dumb, mm-hmm. make sense in this commercial. I'm gonna say some dumb things to you, celebrity, and I apologize in advance and like let's just figure it out together because i i'm gonna be vulnerable and i know it's your face and you're you're vulnerable too yeah. and that's kind of the beginning and then you know you just kind of like workshop some jokes together and like say things like how would you do it or you know yeah. or do you, and, if, mm-hmm, do you think it would be funny if do you think it would be funny if that's bumped great. into this thing. yeah that's great yeah and and then also honestly like laughing Mm -hmm. you know showing them that you think it's funny and because they're they're performers they're they yeah they need the validation yeah boy i'll tell
1: you what when you get a laugh from video village and you can hear it Mm -hmm. it
0: changes the day yeah it changes the day
1: i literally do that thing i mean i'm i'm always honest about it. it's not like i lie about it but i'll walk up to them i'll be like just so you know we're all like just cracking up back there like that was awesome yeah i actually i've never done that the like Hey, just so you know, I might give you some insane notes. I mean, maybe if like I was really primed to think that that's going to be coming. But, you know, I worked with Tim Meadows, a pretty Mm -hmm. good sized campaign. We're shooting also Universal Studios and stuff. And the agency people just kept saying like, hey, we want to see more teeth, more smiles. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I'm like, that is not a good note. And that's like not a note anyone wants. Uh, And I I think you can be like, hey, Tim, can you just give us a real big cheesy smile or something like after you do that? Mm -hmm. Like you can try to kind of lean into like the the mm-hmm. corniness of it, but it was hard. And they would literally just point at me and like point at their, mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. the sides of their mouth, do a smile. And I'm like, ah. so to that, I'd go up to Tim. I'm like, hey, I think you're so freaking funny and so natural. The agency just wants to see if you could do one take with just like a really big smile. They think mm-hmm. that that might be funny. And, and he'd be like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, I think we're saying the same thing, but you want to infuse them with the idea that you have The same taste as them. Yeah, but I think also the intent is not to throw people under the bus. It's to explain
0: that that there are additional things that make this campaign successful, delivering Mm. the, the message and the ideals and all of that. But then also to get on the same page of like, well, let's if it's not working for you, let's figure out how to make it work. That's the important takeaway. It's not it's I'm not trying to put anybody down because everybody's doing their job. You know what I mean? Mm hmm what you don't want is if you lose them and they're like sure fine yeah and then they just do a big cheesy grin yeah you've lost the authenticity of the whole thing right exactly and then they're just kind of phoning it in for the rest of the time do you know what i mean you want them to give
1: your their best to you and by the way they also probably don't aren't super interested in working with you again (laughs) sure sure yeah because you're all part of the the bad guy team right right exactly
0: and so you just you want to just be a confidant for them you know and if they're like hey i i don't think this is working yeah
1: and you just go back to the agency and say hey they don't like that can we find another solution let's figure it out
0: give me a second yeah
1: unrelated to celebrities but obviously extra with them is i try to tell them what the camera is seeing like that was so funny that was awesome what you did from the camera it kind of looks like you didn't really like the cheese i think it's just because of our angle or something like I know what you did felt right to you, but from mm-hmm. the camera, it looks a little different, you know, and and that, yeah. Yeah. that happens a lot. It's just a, a thing, sure. right? And, and if they're a celebrity, they've been on set a bunch and, and
0: honestly, oftentimes their entourage is there to keep an eye on the monitor mm-hmm.
1: so that they're yeah. being presented in the way that they want to be presented. Well, so that's shooting post-production. You just post-production. finished. production yeah, uh, We know with commercials, it's all over the place, especially in the U.S. Many times, that's the last time you'll ever talk to anyone is when you leave set. Mm-hmm. Other times, you get to do a director's cut, and then they cut you out. Other times, they keep you involved the whole time. So on my shoot, I got really lucky because uh, we didn't really have like a proper agency producer. who usually oversees the post-production. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the EP from my company, Great Guns, Oliver, was uh, the person that was overseeing it. And he knew that I would make sure that that i like the edit and you know yeah um yeah and i also we also shot it in like the series of study cam shots that kind of cut mm-hmm. from one to the next and there isn't was like almost no coverage so there's not a lot of ways you can edit my spot i wanted more coverage and again because of time
0: you're just like well this is the this is what it is and so i basically turned in my director's cut and then saw tweaks from the agency cut and there were only a few things that I could point out as explicitly different. Mm. That's good, and that's partially because I think everybody was really into it, and the agency was sessioned with me, and I did a right, a so pretty thorough creative presentation. Page. Yeah, yeah. So like, it was really just tiny tweaks, basically. Um, yeah.
1: The place where I was a real stickler was VFX because you know obviously mm-hmm. I have a VFX background, and there's some jokes in there where she hits the camera with the nunchucks that didn't actually happen. We like did that in post, mm-hmm. and where the snakes come are uh, all around set at the end. Like we added them in post and you know, the flamethrower, we wanted to make mm-hmm. as big as possible. So we, you know, made it big in post. And those are things that I kind of fought for because I just saw these opportunities like that. There's, I, you know, I mentioned she throws this, these four cups of coffee and burns some whatever PA or something. And and in the very final shot where we have a wide shot of the set, I wanted to see that spilled coffee off in the background. Mm-hmm. Something that mm-hmm. like 99 out of a hundred people would never notice But it's a really easy thing in VFX just to add some spilled coffee in the Mm -hmm. background. So that's probably, I think, where I was most involved. Um, And I ended up doing a lot of the VFX myself, too. You know what's funny is that I feel like... So the editor that we hired, I knew...
0: I'd I'd worked with him on CV&T5, and I knew that he was very, very post-savvy. Like, really... um, like better at vfx than i am for sure. Um, and i'm fine at vfx. But so which is a thing that i look for in editors in particular because as we talked about on the show many times i want somebody who is aware of uh, the the elasticity of footage and mm-hmm. how to bend it to our needs, right? Yes. So a good example is there's a shot at the end of one of the spots where a character enters a beat later than i wanted. And so we rotoscoped that character out and then laid, layered them in on top of the footage and had them enter sooner. Yeah. No, that's um, awesome. And, and it's awesome.
1: And totally it helps awesome. that like in a, comor- a fast paced 30 second commercial, having someone come in five frames earlier so you're not like lagging mm-hmm. is yeah. such a huge difference. I mean, I yeah,
0: did literally I think that's what we were talking about. Five or six frames. Yeah.
1: yeah. I did when Rebel throws the coffee cups off the golf cart, the take we used They kind of looked like they landed really close to the golf cart, so I Mm -hmm. removed them from the shot and re-put them back in and animated them to just go a little bit higher angle so it looked like yeah. they would land after two seconds instead of one second. And I think your brain doesn't pick up on those things consciously, but subconsciously you're consciously, oh, especially gosh, flow. Like that's awesome. Like mm-hmm. Roto and bring someone in like six frames earlier. Dude, it, was, it was, it was really awesome. And he was the person who did it. But as
0: soon as I saw it was, it was an aha moment for me of like, Oh, right. I, it was, it was like someone had just opened up, you know, a, a cabinet full of tools that I didn't realize we had, but all of them are invisible. You would watch right. my shots spots and no one would ever think we were using any rotoscoping any. Well, like we used AI to clean up it like blown up in, insert shots. Like oh, there's really? a lot of Which, yeah. what AI did you topaz. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's sick. It's fucking awesome. That's it's cool. like so awesome. And we, we shot um, we shot like I'm trying to think like 4.5 or like a like a beefy large um high-res but so the 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 punches the punch-ins are um are pretty significant and and like i said yeah rearranging things in the frame all of that stuff but so when we brought in the agency there was a part of me that didn't want them to see how we had changed things Mm -hmm. because then all of a sudden it's not under more scrutiny but like it's stuff that they hadn't like approved on set well, no, necessary. no, not even that. It was just that it was like invisible stuff. And so all of a sudden, maybe like the illusion just falls apart a little bit. You know, it's kind of like showing them the magic tricks. Oh. Like like they didn't realize that that person right. entered five
1: frames later in reality than they did. See, I like showing the magic tricks. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, But yeah, I, 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 I hear you a little bit. You
0: know what I mean? It was like a little bit of like, I just wasn't sure... Of how I felt about it, but I ended up showing them all. It was like we were, in, we edited for two days, and like inevitably, be like the reason that the mailman is floating in the frame right now is because it's a rotoscope shot, blah, right? Blah, blah, you know,
1: I guess I want the agency to think that I'm good at editing, so yeah. that they, yeah. you know, would even think of me on it for a job that is mostly an editing yeah. job. You know, um, okay. So finally, we're through post. We've made these spots that we hopefully are happy with. Which, by the way, you and I have both worked so hard on production before to mm-hmm. just kind of have it ruined in post so oh i i actually had a question for you on this do you have yeah. a director's cut of your spots uh, you know i i pre-negotiated a director's cut
0: I, you know i don't think i'll need one honestly like the changes are so small and the the client was really happy with everything so like i don't i think i'm just going to use the cut
1: sizes okay that's awesome yeah, yeah i do have a director's cut there's three tiny tweaks Mm. Um, tell me we have, there's a rebel Wilson, like shoots his flamethrower off. And then mm-hmm. we cut to some soot cleaned off of her outfit as she's walking and talking to camera in the official cut. She's just like, <laughs> and it cuts. And like, we go to the cleaning, but mm-hmm. we had, uh, the VFX company actually made like this cool wipe of like, if we stay on the flamethrower for two extra seconds, it wipes the screen. Oh yeah. So yeah. I used that wipe on my version. I added two seconds. I looped her <sighs> screaming. Dude. We haven't talked about how great the sim on that flamethrower
0: looks. It looks awesome.
1: Thanks. It looks so good. Thank you. That was not, not easy. Uh, you know, we had the post house try take a stab at it. I took a stab Mm -hmm. at it and then we hired, I got some quotes, one from our Mm -hmm. buddy Barnstorm. Um, you know, the people that make real flame sims, you know, mainly in Houdini. And there's mm-hmm. another another program called Embergen that's getting popular. But, you know, you need real people that know how to do that. And we ended up yeah. with this company, The Artery. There are a handful of things
0: that I, I think you and I are both are confident can be DIYed, whether it's us or somebody else or just a really good editor. Like After Effects can get the job done. Mm-hmm. Flame sims yeah don't don't mess
1: with and it we got to go pro yeah the problem was we originally wasn't gonna weren't gonna need one because she was just gonna hold the flamethrower but our the funniest take is when she picks it up and she's like ah like yelling she only did that in one take and she swings the flamethrower <laughs> all over the place yeah, yeah so once you start moving things in 3d space you need yeah. to simulate the fire yeah. or else it just looks yeah. so fake and it looks so much
0: better than if you had done the like 2d the 2d version
1: yeah we yeah, tried. It, it really,
0: yeah. it looks so luxe. It looks so much more expensive.
1: Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, so I wanted it. We all like lo- love the shot. and We wanted to keep it on the screen longer, but we had the 60 second limit. So I, on the director's cut, it's 62 seconds. So I lengthened that and it made, that was always, that transition bumped me. A lot of times mm-hmm. like it can be pretty funny for comedy going from someone screaming ah, mm-hmm. to a hard cut to something mm-hmm. else quiet, but sure, it just always bumped me. And so I felt like, just giving that visual transition helped. And then um, at the end, she accidentally sets this guy's jetpack off and he flies up in the air and she goes, why'd you do that? That's like an expensive stunt. And Mm -hmm. the client, because they already spent more on the PSA than they wanted to, did not like that line. That's just something (laughs) that she improvised, but I thought it was hilarious. So, and it just kind of had like a nice ending feel to it. So I, Mm -hmm. I put that just the audio back in and then, the client also didn't like how many pythons were about to attack her at the end, <laughs> any loose pythons. <laughs> so their version has two very subtle pythons and mine has three slightly less subtle pythons. <laughs> yeah, that's, funny. Um, that's really funny, but that's, that's it. Everything else is the same. Cause they, the creative team on this really pushed for mm-hmm. making it good. They were pushing for mm-hmm. the creative, which a lot of times at some point people give up and just do whatever the client is asking for. And the client yeah. was really cool too. They were like, okay. okay if you really think this is funnier or better, more people will react to this. Mm-hmm. Rebel will like it better or whatever. We'll do that. So the spot's done. So we're in two different situations, right? Because yours isn't coming yeah. out until March. Mine came out last week. Right? I have a, an important question for yeah. you. Was there a set photographer? <sighs> so there was, but he didn't take any photos of me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, for, for listeners at home who haven't had the privilege of a, of a BTS set photographer, on these big shoots, especially if there's a celebrity, most agencies will spring for a photographer who's there just to shoot awesome photos day in and day out. Um, and also use them for other marketing. And they stuff. use them for social media and this and that, all sorts of stuff. So, and we tend to, as directors, I'm always pretty buddy buddy with them because they're probably um, shooting, you know, uh, stills that they'll call in situ, like in situation, we'll need the celebrity holding the product or doing this or that. And so they we'll need to jump in and shoot in our lighting setups, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's only a couple minutes in between setups, but like, uh, I'm very sympathetic to those people because I used to have to do that for social media for Comedy Central back in the day. Like, If I was at an event or something, I'd be like, hey, I need to grab some photos real quick on my phone. So Mm -hmm. embarrassing. (laughs) So um, they're real photographers. I was not. Um, But uh, so if you're friends with them, you know,
1: maybe you can get a couple
0: great photos of you like talking to a famous person mine it's a bummer because i've got so i there was a photographer the agency did send me some nice stills i've got a like a mask around my chin for all of them so they're not the best looking photos
1: yeah yeah that happens yeah (laughs) especially recently
0: yeah but so did you um you didn't get any good behind the scenes photos i
1: have i'll show you them i have a couple i mean i I always take a couple selfies at the very end (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I yeah, also I did this. Did I? Talk, I think I did. I talk about it on the podcast. How like I was saying bye to her through a window to Rebel because she had to go do this interview mm-hmm. with, as we were like running out, and I like I don't know why I did it, but like I blew her a kiss, and I was like,
0: <laughs> No, no, that's very weird. I know.
1: Do not do that. It wasn't like a romantic kiss. It was like a, I don't.
0: I don't go in for the hug goodbye unless they take the show the initiative. Oh,
1: in it. I I go in for the hug, but. I, but I'm saying, like, I'm following their lead, on, right? Right. On yeah. Any if if they're standoffish or something, I, I yeah, yeah. But, but then, I, but COVID she was in a window through a window, and I was outside, and I was like, by it, and he, <laughs> you know, um, you know, I made this whole movie with deaf people, and like the the uh, sign for thank you is like thank you is not unlike that, yeah, yeah. It's totally. like, and so I kind of yeah. just like by instinct kind of did that. I was like, you're awesome, thank you, <laughs> <Mwah."> uh-huh, <laughs> like that uh-huh. type of thing, and then she yeah. like blew me a kiss back. I was like.
0: Was that just so weird that I did that? So listeners at home, or, what's Orange <laughs> doing is not like a
1: no, kiss. <laughs> not no, like,
0: he's not like seducing a French cartoon. Well, there was scum. no
1: sound either because we yeah. there was a window between. Right,
0: us. you're just like you know, it's like air applause or like like incredible, like almost like a chef's kiss, yeah. like Mwah. you.
1: Yeah, Yeah. great work. Thank you. Um, But still not something that I would do with an actor, you know, that I just met that day. (laughs) And I was like, did I just make things so weird? Why did I do that? The way that you did it in the
0: video chat, at least, was I wouldn't have guessed you would do, but isn't super
1: weird. It's kind of like. Right. I'm also like just not in general, like a super lovey dovey type personality.
0: Hey, everyone. Like, even like hugging people hello and goodbye, I didn't really do much as a child or like until Hollywood, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's a thing that's more more common now. I remember we've talked about it for years now, but the last season of Project Greenlight, the, the director... Mm-hmm. I remember him being weird about not wanting to hug people and then the head of HBO being like, oh, you're a hugger now. Like it was a teeny tiny moment that most people wouldn't notice. Mm -hmm. But I remember being like, yeah, you do. There is this adjustment period where like, like shaking hands is way less common than a hug. Hello, regardless of, you know, gender or any of that stuff.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, A little bit. I mean, I kind of tend to shake hands in the morning. Um, yeah. You know, like, hey, I'm orin Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Introducing yourself is totally yeah.
0: different than like, oh, we've worked together. Goodbye. Yeah. Or like, no, I mean, long, if it was like Yuki friend. or like a DP, I've worked yeah. a lot times. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Goodbye. But if um, or or even just a fist bump, especially during COVID. But sure. It, but if it's someone like an actor that you met in person for the first mm-hmm. time that morning, I would usually do a handshake and at the end, like if I feel like we had some camaraderie and it was good and it feels natural, like a hug goodbye you're amazing hug Bye. Mm-hmm. but yeah but the kiss blowing was just so weird so funny and weird yeah that's weird and it definitely was interpreted as that because she did it back to me and i felt like we both felt like it was a little weird but then <laughs> i never i don't think i've told this story before but do you know who paul downs is yeah sure he's yeah, yeah. like on hacks <laughs> you know he's yeah, like one of the, he's the
0: manager character on hacks yeah, yeah and he's
1: also right and he's also married yeah. to the director lucian yellow who's yeah. amazing and has done Broad City and she directed the Dollar Shave Club commercial mm-hmm. that put Dollar Shave Club on the map. I shot this thing years ago. It was with Jack Black, Sarah Silverman, Will Arnett, Adam Pally, and Paul Downs. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, and at the time, he was one million times less famous than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I barely knew. He was in this movie, Rough Night. They'd done some, L- something with Lucia. Directed yeah, it that had well. come out recently. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was like at the same time as um, Girls Trip. Yeah, yeah It was the yes. same summer And like Girl's trip was The one that broke out And rough night It's like Scarlett Johansson Yeah and like Jillian Amy Bell Schumer and or I don't know Yeah maybe Jillian Bell Yeah Jillian Bell Yeah yeah Yeah, yeah.
1: they accidentally Kill a stripper Yeah
0: And Which, then like I mean, who Hide hasn't the body
1: done. Or whatever So I kind of knew of him but, And I for some mm-hmm. reason I was so nervous Meaning <laughs> I walked up to him And I was like Hey how's it going You're Orin right And I was like Ah uh, I'm I'm Orin <laughs> You're Paul, and there are all these people around us, and his manager's like, that was weird. <laughs> and I, Dude. And it managers. ruined my whole, and Dude, we only yeah. had each person for like one hour, you know? Well, so, so
0: that actually brings me back to, in terms of interacting with celebrity talent, um, this person, I was wearing my mask, and it looked stupid. It kind of had like ridden rid, up <laughs> on my chin, so it kind of yeah. looked like a duckbill, but I had a full beard, and I couldn't tell. And she was like, sorry, hold on. <laughs> what is happening with your mask? And I I had to lean into it. I had to, to like embrace that it was funny and stupid and silly. And like, I'm not taking myself too seriously. We all had a good laugh. I knew the crew super well. They all were given permission to laugh as well. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It was like a nice little bonding thing. And if you take yourself too seriously, then you're like, yeah, that was weird. Oh, God. What am (laughs) I doing? And I think, you know, maybe in a different scenario or situation i would have been humiliated you know yeah um and not been able to get over it i probably haven't told you this story no but on a job not that long ago like less than a year ago <sighs> my pants were too low like <laughs> like sagging too low yeah and um and i was kind of like in front of the camera and i bent down <laughs> to like get an eye on a prop or something or just kind of see what the lens was seeing but with my own eyes mm-hmm. and multiple people were like hey dude you need to pull your undies up
1: <laughs> crack like, crack everybody,
0: everybody can see yeah and that did take me it took me a second to shake i was like yeah embarrassed. that's embarrassing like like your butt crack in on on screen broadcast oh, yeah. to all of the people you need to impress it's oh, embarrassing yeah. anyway but but the the point of like owning it to show that you were game right because comedians in particular are famous for giving each other a hard time and so if you can't play ball if you're too sensitive and and none of this was anywhere near um any sort of line do you know what right, i mean right. like i did actually look ridiculous it wasn't you know so it was all completely also appropriate the of just person like, you were working on. with that is very on brand for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But if I had been bristly about it, it would have
0: ruined the day easy. Yeah.
1: Well, no, you can't be. Yeah. I, bristly isn't an option, but you can be embarrassed about it. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, and it wasn't a conscious thing, but like in the moment, I, looking back on it, I, it was. I'm happy I handled it that way, basically.
1: So, okay. So my spot's done. Your spot's coming out in March. Mm-hmm. What. do when the spot when when you're and again we're talking specifically about our commercials this could be Mm -hmm. your short films finally done your features coming out your show I guess a a feature is a different something you spent two years on versus like a few weeks but different deal um I I guess let's maybe maybe it's more focused for kind of short form type of work you made my, my advice actually is the same
0: for your feature versus your short form anything even versus commercial even versus commercials. And it's inspired by you, Warren Kaplan. But it's it, it's a, a version of a Maxim that we've known for a long time. Just post it. Just post it. But when you're posting about things, it's okay to post the trailer or the version of it or whatever and be like, hey, I'm so excited. You shout out all the people that you worked with together, all that stuff. I'm really proud of this. That's
1: a good post and people will be excited for you. And I, I right. do those you posts all. Try the time. to tag as many people that worked on it as possible because Yeah. A, it's nice to acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. And B, maybe they'll repost it.
0: But the 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 next level thing you can do, the more important thing to do is to be additive. Right. But at the with the top of this conversation you were talking about like how your posts are content. Mm-hmm. And the difference between You know, hashtag uh, self promotion post, which, you know, if you're in a supportive community, is totally fine. And some people are going to roll their eyes at it or whatever, like, oh boy, Orrin's posting about his work again. But what the thing that you do really well, and I think that all listeners should be should think about is your posts that are more educational stuff where you're saying, like, this is explicitly the technique or the idea that I tried to, uh, implement in this thing and maybe that can affect your work in some way so for for example this one you talked about easter eggs and you, you showed all of the different details and you had little stills with like this the cause and effect of all of the different gags that are probably not uh apparent in the first uh viewing of your spot and it adds a layer of uh rewatchability to it but it's instructive you're leading by example of like, oh, this is a way that you can make your creative work better by at layering in these details. And I had a really fun time doing it. That's so much more powerful than the just straight self-promotion thing, right? And I'm not saying that everyone needs to make tutorials out of every single thing that they they shoot. But explaining to people why you're proud of your work and what you did specifically that might not be apparent is really valuable, and could be and should be inspiring to your creative community. And that is the way to selfishly promote yourself, but also help people and spread creativity as well.
1: That's the hope. If you're not interested in my work, at least maybe it's interesting to talk about how we work, you know? Right, right.
0: Well, and I think that um, when you break things down, it becomes applicable to things outside of the narrow niche of commercial directing. Right. Mm-hmm. So like if you had done a similar post, but it was about your feature, or about your short film or about your short story, all of that stuff, I think still applies to all of the many disciplines that all of your uh, community members are.
1: Yeah. And it can be about anything. Like you put together a swing set for your kids and this is like how you did it by yourself when you need two people yeah. or whatever. I, yeah. yeah. And you know, I've done a lot of these posts where it's like the final versus the storyboards. Mm-hmm. Even if I make another post that's like that, I'm going to try to frame it in a different context. Like I have one that I prepared. I haven't posted it yet, but about like I, I you know, I previs the whole thing with me mm-hmm. doing what the actor's doing for Marriott hotels. And I don't want to just do a side by side because everyone does that, right? Like it just gets mm-hmm. boring. Like, okay, so yeah, your boards like, look cool. like yeah, you shot yeah. your boards. But I want to talk in that one about like how I chose the rooms when you're given a location like a hotel. Like here, you gotta shoot shoot it here. Um, so I wanna go kind of into details to like why I chose this room to shoot this and this room here, and why having a window here is helpful, but having this foreground is helpful here. I I think choosing where in a location to shoot is like a a mm-hmm. thing that we think about a lot and get better at and sometimes get worse at. Uh and so I think I'm I'm trying to find a new angle on each thing, and then I wanna do like another post for the Rebel Wilson thing. That's just about how I pitched it. Just kind of like re-recording mm-hmm. me, pitching it to the agency. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fun. I'm like kind that. of doing it side by side with the actual video and seeing what I pitched and what we shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: I am. I did uh video boards for my piece as well. And I mm-hmm. think I'm trying to figure out how to post about the value of doing that in terms of understanding what the performer is going through. Hmm. Um, because I found that to be historically, that's always been really insightful. But in particular, when it's essentially one person, and you've got some gobbledygook, and you've got a lot of complicated moves, and this and that, um, just r- literally understanding, oh, this is hard,
1: right. or like, oh, yeah. or if, hitting if this I, mark
0: and saying this line and picking this really bag up sense. at the same time, yeah, it all may, it's all weird. And and honestly, there were instances where I did it as in pantomime. And then when we had the actual props, you realize how much harder it is, how much Mm -hmm. more complicated it is
1: and how awkward it can be and had to adjust as a result. Yeah. My only question is, is like, is anyone not doing video boards nowadays? Yeah, sure. All the time. But certainly it's not like, hey, do video boards. It's like I found video boards to be helpful for this reason. Are you thinking about it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, exactly. that that is really smart. And that's a, a reason why you should act out the part in your video boards, because I think a lot of our instinct is to be the camera person 100%. <laughs> on our video yeah. boards. Yeah, definitely. Right? It's much harder to nail the performance than it is to nail the camera move. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. So yeah, and then just promote the hell out of it. I have today, I, I have like a browser uh, window with 10 different tabs that did write ups on mm-hmm. my spot, you know, and like, you know, one's like shots and ad age and ad week and stuff. And I'm like, should I post these? Should I do like a thing? Or is it just something that I have? It's, it's hard to figure out at at what point the returns yeah. are become go from diminishing returns to negative returns. Like Ad Age is is recognizable in a way that big press
0: is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Ad Age is the only publication I would guess that a lay person may be familiar with. And mostly because of Mad Men.
1: Right. But, but I don't um, even really care about lay people as much as... But industry like, people yeah like i kind of a big reason to post this stuff is that people are like oh matt did this mm-hmm. thing that's mm-hmm. everyone's talking about let's get him in the mix well so this is the thing i was going to ask you about is
0: um how thoughtful are you in terms of the strategy behind your post right like because every platform privileges a different style of post more right like mm-hmm. you could get into the weeds on like an instagram post that's Um, multiple slides like seven to eight is algorithmically weighted stronger heavier than one post like what a single image all of that stuff time of day hashtag so you could get into the weeds on it
1: in a way that is
0: probably pretty helpful
1: yeah, I do one by one on Instagram and I try to mm-hmm. fill the whole carousel up. So you fill the whole carousel up? Though? Yeah, That's and I'll do a post and then I'll turn it into a story the mm-hmm. next day. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. lasting like 48 hours or something. But something I've been thinking about recently because, you know, it was Kara, my wife's birthday yesterday. And I'd shot this like promo for the our podcast with her a, a year and a half ago or two years ago. And I was watching it. I was like, oh, man, I really love this thing. <laughs> and it kind of just disappeared. And I was Mm -hmm. like, it's her birthday. Maybe I'll just re, you know, repost it from the just shoot it account. And a lot of people that had never seen it were like, oh, we love this, you know, and like sent messages Mm -hmm. and loved it. Like how, how valuable is it to repost? Resurface. Yeah. Yeah. Throwback type of stuff. What do you
0: think? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I, there's a lot of work from last year that I haven't posted about,
1: um, just because I was right. Well, if you didn't post about it at all, then you get a fresh post.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that if in the same way this is real social media stuff, but like news pegs, so your a wife's birthday being a perfect example of like, oh, you can post that if the celebrity it's their birthday, all if right. there's something big that happens. Oh, like so I that, just posted like, this thing with Jalen Hurts because the Super Bowl. yeah Exactly. That's a perfect example. Um I think all of that stuff is apropos. You know, I think it boils down to does it feel a little gross or not? And if it feels a little gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then maybe, you know, think about it. Oh, I thought um, a little gross is okay. A little it's gross might gross. be okay. A- anything beyond that, you know, but again, that's why I think that being additive to the conversation, not purely self promotional, but here's the thing that adds value that people will be inspired by, or they can employ in their own way, negates the gross factor. Do you know right. what I mean? So if mm-hmm. you, if you've got something that's you're proud of and you can't think of a smart way to talk about it that's applicable to other people, then you need to give it a little bit more thought. Yeah.
1: But you know, by the way, also something that you don't love, but there's something about it that you do really like. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a good opportunity to say like, Hey, you know, I look at these sets I designed and how they came out and you don't actually have to show the final piece because you didn't like the final Mm -hmm. work, but you liked part of the process. You can just post about that process and you kind of get, the credit for doing it without having to show someone something you don't love. Yeah, absolutely. And we're all the biggest critics
0: of our own work. So, so there's that to it as well. Yeah.
1: I met a few others. <laughs> yeah. That criticize my work, but yeah. Well, cool, Matt. Uh, this, I, hopefully this has been helpful. Yeah, I, I think, think so. I think there's some good, some
0: good nuggets. I that, honestly, the social media conversation I think is pretty, pretty valuable. Uh, the, the final thing I'll say about the social stuff Um, Before we go, is that like everyone has their own style, and I think it's easy to like look at what you're doing and it's really educational, it's really tutorial based, and that's not exactly my style, you know. And I think that it's better to just go ahead and post and start the conversation and figure things out. And like, if you're directly cribbing what someone else is doing, that's not the end of the world because it's you know, you're know, you still just talking about your own work and trying to figure out a way to, to make it make sense. But like the difference between say you and Jordan Brady. Jordan Brady does great TikToks where he's still giving tips but he's mm-hmm. doing it in his style where he's speaking. He's on a bird scooter. He's on a bird time. scooter. He's wearing a scarf. He's saying all <laughs> the stuff. Or he's having a conversation with himself, you know, that mm-hmm. um, it, it feels much more off the cuff, you know, even when it's clearly produced. That's Jordan's thing. That's different than yours. But You're going to figure that stuff out. You're going to figure out what resonates with your community and all of that. So um, so don't sweat it too much, I guess, is uh, what I'm saying to everyone, including myself. Because I've got stuff. Something is better than nothing. Yeah. Do you think it's worth it to post it on Valentine's Day, which is the day that we're recording this?
1: Yes. Or do you wait? I think, yeah, I I think people are just like constantly cruising. Just online. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think anyone cares about Valentine's Day.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm constantly giving myself excuses to not do something. So um,
1: Also, Tuesday Tuesday's the perfect, perfect day to post. P.S. That's true. Um, well, cool. Do you uh, yeah. have a minute to join me for an unpaid endorsement?
0: Unpaid endorsement.
1: Well, Oren, I've
0: got a fun one for you. I think you're going to like this. I'll take it. Are you familiar with the Instagram account director fits? No, I don't think so. It is uh, an account dedicated exclusively to the fashion of directors, famous directors and what they're wearing mostly on set. And actually
1: wouldn't mind knowing what more directors look like.
0: I know. That's why I brought it up to you. I'm looking at one that's got uh, Paul Thomas Anderson on the set of um, There Will Be Blood, and he looks like a doofus. Mm -hmm. There's one of Steven Spielberg where he's wearing like a polo shirt and a bucket hat from like, it looks like Jaws maybe, where he looks like a real friggin' doofus. John Waters and Jim Jarmusch looking incredible. It's a real treat. So it's like, it's old vintage stuff. It's newer stuff. But it's nice to know what people dress like there's one of John Carpenter and uh Kurt Russell in identical outfits. That's great from the mm-hmm. thing I assume.
1: Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson and uh and Daniel Day-Lewis in Phantom Thread also wearing the same outfit. I wonder oh, if, funny. I wonder if they're like a lot of times they're doubling for their, you know, doing yeah, inserts yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, probably against actors. um
0: against, against Sag- Sag- but yeah. It's great. There's all sorts of different looks and vibes and I think it gives you permission to both dress up a little bit for set, which I like and also dress down for set because yeah. i think you and i both kind of are a little confused sometimes of like well you want to look like the director but you need to work like i all wear boots to set all the time if i wore a patagonia jacket people would think i was a grip you know what i mean yeah um uh shout out to grips Until out there you set up a c-stand and then
1: people,
0: <laughs> they're like oh god <laughs> anyway director fits f-i-t-s as in like outfits on instagram
1: kaplan what you got so I read an article just this morning that I saw on Dig. It's um, a medium article, which that probably means like someone just like self published it. But mm-hmm. the title is it's from someone named Addie Page, and the title is "Scientists Warn of a Friendship Recession." I'm part of it, and she talks about the eleven three six rule mm-hmm. of how to make adult friendships. And the, Tell the, me more. The premise is it's not easy. Uh, but basically, it takes about 11 different encounters that are each three hours long over the course oh. of six months to turn an acquaintance into an actual friend. Yeah. Yeah. She talks about how she went to take a imp- like an improv comedy class. And when they were like, so why are you are you guys here? She went first and she's like, you know, fuck it. I'll just be honest. I just honestly wanted a reason to leave my house and meet some people. And Mm -hmm. she said every single other person in the class said the same thing. Like, oh, my wife told me I need to get out. I've been working from home and I don't. And just Mm -hmm. that there's this obviously like partially pandemic fueled or at least accelerated dearth of adult friendships and people don't Mm -hmm. know how to make friends. And um, she doesn't really have like solutions aside from, you know, signing up Mm -hmm. for things. But if you are one of those adults that feels like, hmm, I used to have all these friends when I was a kid. and Now I'm just Mm -hmm. like... Don't even know who to call to go grab a lunch with or something. You're not alone. It's a it's like a real thing yeah. going on in the world. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about it a little bit offline. Yeah, it's
0: it's real. And I think you and I are lucky in that we have a podcast. Yeah. And so we get to talk to somebody every week, yeah. whether it's each other or oftentimes another party as well. And so, I mean, just for the record, I do still think of you as an acquaintance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Business partner. Yeah, for sure. But like, we didn't know each other super well when we started the show. Right. And how else
1: do people make friends? Like they make friends at work Mm -hmm. or like in school. Like, Yeah, she had a list. She's like basically work in school and a lot of people that aren't in school and that work from home Mm -hmm. do not have those advantages. I feel
0: like sometimes the podcast actually makes a false sense of friendship in so much as like... You'll have a meaningful conversation with an artist that you admire you know that you respect and it's really good and then you know you friend each other on social media and then you maybe we never talk to them ever again but so it feels it's like the it's like a fake version of friendship you know we, certainly we've made real friends from the show certainly but everyone's busy and out and like in their at home basically yeah. So, like, maintaining those friendships, I think, becomes a, a, a thing that gets harder and harder as well.
1: But I suspect that there's this thing where everyone assumes that everyone else is busy and mm-hmm. has their own things going on and doesn't want to grab lunch or just have a phone call or whatever with you. Yeah. And yeah. I think probably most of the times we're wrong about that when we have those yeah. thoughts.
0: Hit up your friends, especially your old friends. You don't get them any old friends in life, you know?
1: Yeah. Like your chance of having an old friend isn't really there anymore. Yeah. But also if you want to have new friends. um, Hit them up. Make an effort to uh, do things. We have a lot of new parent friends just through our Mm -hmm. kids. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, I wonder if there's an event that I can invite a couple of these other dads to go to with Mm me. Uh, Like one dad we know, uh, Grant, who was on the podcast, just Mm -hmm. went to a monster truck rally with his kid. (laughs) was that fun he said it was exactly what he expected yeah i was like would yeah. you go back he's like maybe um yeah but i'm like what is like a thing that i can be like hey you want to come with me to this event like unreal yeah. actually these dga events are sure that's nice. kind of like yeah. fun things to be like randomly An ask different people like, like hey you oh, want to oh, go do go. this thing yeah, yeah. yeah totally yeah that's not like based around our kids and you know, well and, and i think the dga stuff is work so it's good for a
0: workaholic as well
1: yeah I, it's funny at this i simultaneously feel so busy i don't have time for anything and would love to make more friends <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah get a buddy and meaningful ones well good luck with that
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> don't, don't know how to transition out of it but uh, keep us
1: posted on adult friendships
0: yeah. of all sorts or if you
1: <laughs> want to tell us about your friends email us at just shoot a pod at gmail.com you can find us across all social media just shoot a pod you can rank us on itunes and maybe even leave a review just for funsies if you don't do the patreon and you can follow me i'm on instagram at okaplan i'm on twitter at smighty pileg and i am across all social media at mr matt Enlow. this
0: episode was produced by tyler schmalt and you're listening to music provided by the free music archive and the artist jazar thanks everyone Bye-bye.